Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. Man, 300. How did we get here? Oh, it is because of you. Thank you for being a part of the Misfit Nation for the first 300. And we can't wait to share what we have in store for the next 300 and more. Remember, if you haven't subscribed to our show on your favorite podcast apps and our YouTube at the underscore Misfit Nation, please do so. We need you to follow us and subscribe to us so you can spread the news and spread the word of what we have going on. Also, if you can, spread the word to help people donate to us so we can keep this motivation going and keep this momentum going to help those in need, those veterans out there tell their stories and get those entrepreneurs to come on here and those authors and those musicians to come here and share their stories with the Misfit Nation to help others grow their Tupacs. We appreciate you. You guys are awesome. In October 2019, Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museums will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel, which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. 
The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with the Misfit Nation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you're a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness. Stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome. Today we released our 300th episode. Thanks to you and all your support you've given us over the last two plus years. We appreciate you. Keep coming back and we'll keep bringing you great guests. We have a couple announcements tonight. Uh, first is a good one. Happy birthday to my niece, Claire. Uh, this year, hopefully she remembers everything she does today, tomorrow. So happy birthday, Claire. Have a great night. Uh, secondly, uh, we lost First Sergeant A.J. Murdoch today, a Vietnam War veteran. He was with us from May 18, 1949 until today. Rest easy, First Sergeant. We got the watch now. On to our next thing. Our next guest was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska. He grew up in the financial industry, but also developed a strong background in athletics, nutrition, and performance psychology. He now owns a boutique financial firm, Veritas Wealth Management that manages $500 million and serves several hundred families across the United States. In addition to finance, he regularly teaches and speaks on fitness and faith, seeing these as all important aspects of a purpose and abundant life. So without further ado, let's welcome Chad Hufford, financial planner and expert coach to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Chad. Rich, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to share some of my wisdom experience and helping people live a more abundant life awesome brother uh, thanks for agreeing to uh to be grilled on a live show at night here i mean it's a little earlier where you are uh, it's a little nicer where you are right now well, even though it's raining but it's nicer <laughs> but i'm glad you're here and i just gave a brief uh, synopsis of you right there chad if you don't mind take us a little deeper into your history as far back as you want to go to how we got to where we are today 
Well, as you mentioned, Rich, uh, I did grow up in a very financially minded household. My dad was a financial advisor, um, but I also had a, a strong background in athletics and was actually able to combine those two, realizing that, you know, it's one thing to 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 invest, but it's a whole nother thing to invest strategically and intentionally. And it's really more about the money and, and the investments. It's about building freedom, about building autonomy and getting people to a place where they no longer need their paycheck in order to sustain their lifestyle. And just helping people experience wins in, in their, their financial life. Because uh, what we found is when people can live intentionally, when people can be proactive and healthy financially, then a lot of other areas of their life start to open up. They start to experience health in other areas too. That's 100% correct. Uh, you see it all the time when people don't have stresses in other parts of life, they can kind of relax and do things, relax and, like you said, live intentionally uh, and, and do everything they do in life intentionally. And that's, a, I think, a great way to jump off and start on, start into your life and, and live your life in a successful way. Well, intentionality is huge. And I think a lot of people wake up every day on accident. You know, they react to the world around them. They don't act on a strategy. They don't build towards something strategic. And that's how mistakes are made. And, you know, I uh, I had a period in my life where I had the opportunity to work with airborne soldiers, preparing them for deployment. And that's a huge part of what we talked about, about being intentional. You know, kind of like the shout out you gave to your niece. You know, the decisions and choices you make here at home affect how things play out downrange and, and trying to get people to build a, a better connection with their future self. So I'm really doing a very similar thing now. It's just it's just financially instead of instead of uh, defensive tactics and conditioning and mindset and those types of things. It's just taking those same aspects, applying them to uh, to the world of finance and uh, hopefully financial freedom for people. Definitely. When we talk about financial freedom I mean you always hear people say you should start planning early, start doing financial planning early. When's the best time to start? And when's the, I guess, the last, I guess, ditch effort to start time? Okay. There's a Chinese proverb to say the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is today. So uh, people need to understand that, yeah, the, the sooner you start, the easier it is. Um, you have time working for you, not against you. But for older members of your audience, Rich, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. It's never too late to start making better choices. Um, and nobody's too far gone to start building a better relationship with their future self. Definitely. That's great. That's an awesome answer to that. I like that. And it's always better to live in today. Don't live. Don't dwell on what you didn't do behind you because you yeah. can't do anything on that. You can't change what happened yesterday. You can only fix what's going to happen tomorrow. That's an awesome way to think of things. And on the same note, how about healthier mindsets? I mean, some people, it, it's kind of been bred into you when you're born, how your family life is, how your mindset's going to be. Can you change how that mindset is if it's not working the right way early? Or, or is it the same way? The best way to do it is today. So you're asking how to, how to change a mindset? Yeah, healthy um, mindset instead of thinking everything's yeah. wrong every day. Yeah, so it's funny you ask that because I was asked that yesterday, um, and I, I was talking about uh, football as a kid, and 
how my mindset evolved so much just in my teens. And I was talking with this other guy who, who played who played ball as well. And we were talking about, man, if I could take my mindset now and give it to that teenage version of myself. But I was I was not uh, a future focused kid, and no kid really is. But I mean, I I was I was mentally very soft, and there were some things that happened in my life that I think triggered some things. You know, maybe it was a reflection point, but you know, people don't, need, people don't need to have this huge moment in life to start making better choices. It's deciding today that they're going to start living differently. They're going to start voting for a, a better version of themselves and deciding to make tough choices, to endure a little bit of temporary pain for a long-term payoff. But too often, if we're not thinking intentionally, if we're not thinking strategically, we end up doing the opposite. We usually forego the long-term payoff for a little bit of short-term pleasure and end up with pain in the long run. So we want to flip that equation, take the discomfort, but confine it to the moment, make it small, make it short, and then benefit benefit long-term. Outstanding. And my next question was going to be about how do you establish a better relationship with yourself to have a, a better future? And I think you kind of answered it right there. Well, oh, if you want to add to that or not. Yeah, just, just to add that a little bit, I think – you know, this idea of the future me, the future rich, it's, that's not very tangible, you know, we, right. it's hard, hard to think that way. So what we try to do is, is really help our folks envision who they want to become, where they want to be, what they want to be doing and ask questions around those three areas, because the more, the more vivid those dreams and goals can be, the more tangible that is. It's almost like being introduced to your future a little bit. You get glimpses of it. And the more connected you are to that vision of how you work, the, the easier it is to make sacrifices in the moment. Like if, if you don't know what you're hoping to accomplish in the future, if you don't know that there's going to be a payoff, it's real hard to make sacrifices. You're not going to get up at five in the morning to run in the dark if you don't think that's going to have a benefit because it's just too uncomfortable to do for its own sake. There has to be, there has to be something bigger out there in the future that you're working towards. Definitely, definitely. And speak about getting up at five o'clock in the morning, my wife's training for the Marine Corps marathon right now. So she's getting up uh, at four tomorrow to run in the dark. And her mm -hmm. end goal is to run that marathon on her own this time, instead of having me with her. So I'm her athletic supporter this year. And I'll be riding a little scooter probably around Washington, DC, trying to catch up with her wherever she may be. Hopefully I can uh, not crash into little kids and make it there. But yeah, I understand the getting up the darkness and running analogy there. <laughs> well, but, but even for your wife, you know, it's it's she's got a specific goal in mind. You know, she's not she's not just getting up every morning at four in the morning to go run for its sake. There's there's a bigger meaning to that. There's a bigger objective she's working towards, and there's a purpose behind it. And that's what people need to find is not what's meaningful to somebody else, but what's meaningful to them personally. And, and too often we find people chasing somebody else's dreams. It's like dancing to somebody else's music. They might be enjoying it, but it wasn't written for you. So it's just, it's just getting in touch with what is connecting to you as an individual. It's important to you because I mean, my goals for my life would be different than your goals. Um, there might be some similarities, there might be some common themes, but I don't think a lot of people have a clear picture of what they want their life to look like long-term. Definitely. I agree with you hundred percent. And I think a lot of people live in the, the five meter window. They know what they want to do yes. in five minutes. They don't know where they want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years, wherever. They don't think about that because they don't know if it's going to be there. So they try to live right here and 
and it kind of blows up on them. It blows up on a lot of people unless they had a big, big plan before that. Couldn't agree more. No, that's so true. And and when you don't have that long term focus, if you don't know where you want that road to bring you, the tendency, human nature, is to select the easiest path in front of you, the path that looks the most pre- pleasurable, which long term is usually usually not the right path. But if you know where you want that destination to be, and if you can connect your your choices today with where you want that destination to end up, it's a lot easier to make the right decisions. And that goes far beyond finances. I mean, talk about relationships, a business, um, your own health. You know, it, it's easier, again, to make those sacrifices if you know where those sacrifices are taking you. Exactly. And I think that's very, very important for the listeners to hear and, and listen to this again and hear it again if they need to so they can understand that they need to plan forward and understand where they're going to be and how they're going to get there and set that goal to be there, not just to, to be present there and be present here at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. What are are some speed bumps that uh, people hit and then they have to cope with? So how do they cope with that failure and how can they overcome it? I guess if they hit a failure point or I guess a a speed bump in life, how do they cope with that and then grow from that and overcome it? Well, I think failure is inevitable and the big differentiator in life is not how much failure you have. It's, are you standing on top of it or are you buried underneath it? And a lot of times that is that is a choice that people get to make. They don't necessarily get to choose failure. It's just their reaction to it. And I actually have a degree in biochemistry. And the only reason I bring that up is number one, it's weird running a financial management firm, a wealth, wealth firm with a biochemistry degree. But in biochemistry, we looked at failure a lot different. Um, we call them experiments. I would, I would say that the only difference between failure and, and an experiment is your willingness to learn from the situation. Now, the reason why that's important is because when we were setting up these experiments, we weren't doing it willy-nilly. We were, we were doing a lot of research, and we had a design for how we wanted this experiment to go. We had a hypothesis. We, we had an assumption of what was going to happen, but we we're also very open to the fact that things often wouldn't go the way we wanted it to. We still went in with a plan. We we went in with a clear objective, but we most importantly we went in with an openness to learn from the process. And I think if people experience life that way, and I'm preaching to myself right now too, because failure failure is painful, but it can also bring great lessons if we're willing to learn from it. And and that's where I think a lot of people get um, get tripped up is is not that they fall down, it's that they haven't thought of getting back up. Everybody falls down, um, but I think. In life, we need to spend more time thinking about how to get back up rather than trying to figure out how to not fall down. The falling down is fairly inevitable, but if you're willing to learn from what knocked you down, you can avoid it in the future and get back up faster next time. Definitely 100% on that one. Something we say here on the show is stacking victories. So every day, you're going to have a failure point at some point every day. Something's not going to go right, but stack the things that do, do, do right on one wall. So you count them up each day. And then if you do mess up on something or something doesn't go right, learn from it and move on. And then each day, count how many victories you have and drive on to the next day and try to beat that. We call it stacking victories here. Well, in, in stacking victories is often the, the consequence of stacking failures. You know, right. somebody who is willing to fail, willing to stretch, willing to grow. You think about, you know, somebody going to a gym, you know, they talk about pushing yourself to failure. You push yourself to a point where you're no longer able to effectively 
maneuver that situation. And that's how we grow, not just not just our muscles, not just in the gym, but in life and in business and in relationships. You you push things to the limit. I often ask people when I'm speaking is, you know, how many of you are a significantly better driver than you were five years ago? Most people aren't, you know, unless you're like 21, you should be better than you were at 16. But if you're 30, you're probably not better than you were at 30. Or if you're 35, you're probably not better than when you were 30. If you're 45, you're probably not better than you were 40. If you're 85, you're probably worse than you were at 80. But the reason we don't get better is because we hit a point of comfortable competency where we feel like we've gotten good enough. Now, the problem with driving this is why I use that example is failure when you're driving is too risky. We don't want to push things to the envelope because if you do go too far, the results can be disastrous. But when it comes to other parts of our life, we treat it the same way as a car accident. Like, oh my goodness, if I fail at this, this could be tragic. When a lot of times that's not necessarily the case. It might be embarrassing. It might be uncomfortable. Yeah, you, you have to pick yourself up and dust, dust yourself off. But failure is not final. It's it's not something that has to define us. Just because somebody fails does not, does not make us a failure. And if we are willing to to stack those victories on top of failures, I think that's the right mindset. Definitely. That's outstanding. I love that advice right there. And back on the financial side here, I know I'm going back and forth with you a lot here. I'm trying to test out your, your mindset here, your, your mind capabilities, I guess. <laughs> uh, what are some costly mistakes investors make either at the beginning or at all during the time when they're investing? What are some of the most costly investment mistakes they make? I would say, and this kind of runs along this idea of failure, um, is investors one of the biggest mistakes that they make uh, is kind of a t- two sides of the same coin. Number one is assuming that stable means the same as safe. So we, we call, my industry calls safe investments or conserved investments, things that are basically fixed income, CDs, bonds, fixed annuities, things like that. They're stable, but stable in a rising cost world is anything but safe. And just think about that. Like if you're taking a fixed income, into a rising cost retirement or a rising cost world. That's a recipe for disaster. But then the flip side of that, so number one, stable is not safe. Might be comfortable, but comfort is usually not the pathway to long-term success, long-term security. So stable is not safe, but the other side of that is volatile is not necessarily risky. So people need to understand that temporary declines are a lot different than permanent loss. So when we see mutual funds gyrating back and forth of the stock market, yeah, it can make you nauseous, it can make you uncomfortable, but just like failure not being permanent, you get another chance, you get another at bat. If you hold on to your investments, even if your mutual fund or your, your entire account takes a temporary decline, as long as you're invested properly, ride that thing out. And a lot of times investors mistake a temporary decline for a permanent loss and they panic. They pull out. They're, they, it'd be like a farmer seeing a storm coming and, and mowing down all his trees. You know, like, yeah, you don't want to see your trees go through the storm, but it's, it's a part of life. You're not going to dig them up every time people think a storm is coming through. So that's when investors need to hang in there. Um, investing, just like a lot of areas of life, we've kind of already touched on this, Rich. It's about perseverance. It's about discipline. It's not about being the smartest. It's not about being having the highest income or the best education. The, the people who are successful financially are the people who know it's important to them. They have a plan to get there. 
and they resiliently execute day after day, month after month, year after year. Exactly. And uh, I like in 2009, I think when the markets crashed, I think this year was, I was in Korea at the time. And a lot of people were worried about their future selves at that point when they're seeing their, their numbers go down, their IRAs were dropping, and all of them wanted to run in and take it all out at that point. I sat back and I said, just stay the course, man. Just stay the course. It's going to come back. If this is a, one little wave in this whole world, it's going to come back and you'll be able to adjust later. And those who stayed the course are very happy they did. Those who didn't and paid that penalty for withdrawing, they were upset for the next probably till now still. So it's it's a costly uh, lesson to learn, but sometimes you just got, like you said, practice patience and do it. Yeah. And, and being able to dwell in that discomfort for a little while, you know, it's, if this was easy, everybody would be would be wealthy. But it's staying in that discomfort. You know, let's go back to your wife. We'll pick on her. She's not here. Um, there's going to be moments, probably every single run, where she's like, my body's telling me to quit. But it's pushing through those moments when you want to give up. Those, those are the moments that you look back to. That's where your strength comes from. And not to mention in investing, when the the markets are at their lowest points, that's when funds are the cheapest. You're buying the best companies in the world on sale. So, um, but but just from a mindset standpoint, persevering through difficult moments when when it's dark and stormy outside and everybody else is scared, those are the times that courage or that's when courage is built. It's not when you're not scared. It's when you feel the fa- the fear and step forward anyway. Exactly, and walk towards the fire and do what you exactly. have. Exactly. Yeah, out, outstanding. Uh, you, you're throwing a lot of uh, knowledge nuggets out at the audience tonight, and hopefully they're absorbing. Uh, I really love when I have someone on that is is able to uh, explain things at the level where I understand it, so I know the audience understands it as well. So that, that's outstanding. Thank you, Chad, for that. Uh, my pleasure. I love doing this. So, what are some of the critical components of living that life of abundance after you make all the you take all these risks and you do what you have to do and strategically plan? What are the components of living that life of abundance? Well, a lot of it is eliminating mistakes. You know, you already talked about a couple, but, um, you know, if you think of, uh, I love sports, so I'll probably use some sporting analogies, but you think of some of these teams um, that have been really successful. They're not necessarily the teams that make all the greatest plays. They're often the teams that make the fewest mistakes and the teams that don't take unnecessary risks. So from a financial standpoint, what does that look like? It means don't try to get rich quick, build wealth slowly. Um, this is a, this is a long term thing. Again, your wife's going to hate us, but it's a marathon. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, it's about endurance. You know, it's not about the quick fix, not about shortcuts. A lot of people get tripped up making mistakes trying to take a shortcut um, and eliminating unnecessary risks. I hate that, um, not just from a financial st- standpoint, but from a psychological standpoint. You know, when you start out your month paying your car bill, your, your visa bill, you know, your, your house payment, all those things. And some of those, they might be necessary for a moment in time, more so the mortgage than anything else. But, you know, you're paying off student loans, all these things, like you're dragging your past, your past purchases into the future with you. That really slows you down financially, but psychologically, because you're starting the month playing catch up. You're not, you're not able to live even off your full paycheck. And, most people agree their paycheck's too small to begin with, and we make it even smaller with debt. So eliminating debt is actually a great first step, um, along with setting long-term goals 
and creating a roadmap to get there. Those things could be done simultaneously. Um, so I guess, you know, to look at another, another way, eliminating debt is like eliminating obstacles. It's clearing the path in front of you. But I'll just go back to something I mentioned earlier, and it's just really knowing what's important to you. One of the, one of the things we ask people is, what would your life look like if you never had to go to work ever again? What would you want to be doing if you didn't need a paycheck? And it doesn't mean like I'm asking more than like which beach do you want to lay on for a week? It's what's going to challenge you. What what is what is meaningful pursuit look like to you? What is going to give you purpose? Because simply quitting work, not needing a job is, is too small of a goal. We need something to chase and pursue when money isn't an object anymore. So I think not only does that help motivate people to get there, but once they are there, it keeps them engaged because you and I have both seen people that they retire, they kind of check out, their health starts to fail, their relationships start to fail, they start creating bad habits, they're lacking meaning and purpose, and they're trying to find something to fill that void. And it's usually it's usually destructive habits. Not always, but oftentimes it is. You're definitely right. I've seen a lot of people, even after retiring just from the military, before they join 18 to 22 years old, 20 years you're 38 to 42 years old, and some of them just check out. Once they take the boots off, they check out. And they're not with us that long after because now they don't have a purpose. They don't know what to do with their hands anymore. And they kind of just go down that downward slide really quickly. And the same thing when they leave the corporate world, they lose that sense of purpose. If, like you said, they don't have a plan for what's next, it's it's hard to stay motivated and stay with us. And And I think people underestimate how important community and camaraderie is because you know we're all trying to be tough guys right we don't need anybody else we're rambo we can do it on our own that's not true rambo only exists in the movies and if rambo is realistic that movie would have been like 10 minutes long i mean we do need each other and it's okay to admit that i need people like you you need people like me we need that camaraderie when you when you leave a team when you leave a unit like yeah there's going to be a time and a place i'm not saying you, you got to stay there forever but you have to replace that community with something else. You've got to stay connected. And, and that's where a lot of people struggle. We work with a lot of law enforcement. We work with a lot of oil field folks. Those are our two biggest niches. Both of those communities are super strong. Like you think of those oil field guys and gals, they're up working in the Arctic Circle. We're talking like Santa Claus land. I mean, it's, it's up there. I mean, Anchorage is up there, but... <laughs> The North Slope is like another four or 500 miles. I mean, it's, it gets 40, 50 below. It's rough. They're away from their family for weeks at a time. They've got each other. And, and people don't realize how strong those bonds are until they leave. And it sounds really weird, man. People get really lonely. And, um, and I think that's a good word. I, we probably don't use it enough because, again, we're all tough guys here. But uh, and it happens. It happens to retirees a lot. And the pe people don't notice because from the outside looking in, this person just retired. They got their pension coming in. Maybe they took another, maybe they took, you know, they're doing something on their own. They're making some other money, but everything looks good. But on the inside, they need something else to plug into. So when I started this practice 16 years ago, I thought my job was making sure people didn't run out of money in retirement. And that's part of it. But I think a lot of it is making sure people don't run out of purpose and helping people stay plugged in is a huge part of that, Rich. It definitely is. And you use the word loneliness, and that's, a, that's, that's synonymous with what happens to most veterans when they come home. They don't want to reach out, like you said, because they're all uh, alphas, tough guys, tough gals, and they don't want to say, hey, I need help or I need a friend. 
we can do this ourselves until they know that until they realize it's too late and they can't do it themselves. And then you see a message on Facebook or they text you out of the blue. Hey, how do I get out of this situation? And yeah, that's tell them I've been here the whole time. You could have called me as soon as you started feeling this, but then you can't, like we said earlier, you can't dwell on the past. You got to pick them up and bring them forward. If you can rescue them at that point. And I don't know how we change that. I don't think it's a quick fix, but, but we've got, we've got to, We've got to eliminate that stigma that there's something wrong with you if, if you're lonely or there's something wrong with you if if you miss that connection. Because I, I do believe that we are created and wired specifically for connection. We were designed to be interdependent, not independent. And, and here in America, we value independence a lot. And there's a healthy version of independence and there's an unhealthy. And I think too often we go the other direction. So I mean, that's why I appreciate guys like you, especially talking to the men and women who protect this country um because it's an epidemic loneliness is epidemic there and we we've got to we've got to remind people that it's okay to feel that it's okay to reach out to help uh or reach out for help and and i think and to look for others to help too i think that's a huge part of your mission and that's what helps us stay connected and exactly and that's 100 percent our mission is to try to find guys like you or other uh, other coaches in other niches that can help them and fill their toolbox, fill their rucksack up with more things that they than they ever had when they were in service or when they were first responders. So that they will have all the things they need to stay with us and, and keep living that purposeful life and abundant life into the future. Amen. Amen. Any final thoughts, Chad? Well, first of all, it, it's been a pleasure being here and being able to share some of this with you. Uh, really resonate with what you're trying to do. Um, and just want to remind people that, that their behavior, their choices are the biggest variable in the trajectory of, trajectory of their lives. So you, you, you make a difference in your life and uh, the choices you make, your behaviors, your habits, it, it's not so much about what happens to you, it's, it's how you react to that. And I, I want to help people recapture that, that agency. And if, if folks have questions, they want to reach out for some help and and because i know finance can be a huge part of that stress that loneliness um that uncertainty people feel helpless in their finances so shoot us an email um i'm sure you can put this in your show notes but it's ask at veritasalaska.com you can visit our website veritasalaska.com um, we're on instagram linkedin facebook as well just tell us what we can do for you awesome thanks chad i have the website going across the bottom now i'll add the email to the show notes when it goes into audio version and the audio version, the uh, website will be there as well. Chad, thanks again for taking some of your time this evening to hang out with us and, and spread a great wealth of knowledge to us. Hey, it's my honor and pleasure. Thank you for what you do, Rich. Keep up the great work. Appreciate you. Have a good night. You too. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of this don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. That's themisfitnation.com. Check out all of our past episodes and get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation.